Sony. Hello, Canada. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. Today's date is April 17th, 2022, Easter Sunday. So, happy Easter, Canada. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How goes it, my friend? Oh, not too bad. Not too bad. I mean, the weather's nice. It's, uh, it's bright sunshine. I drove around in the uh, in the convertible yesterday. It was uh, it was beautiful. Nice. Well, glad yeah. to hear that. So, I bet the rest of the country can't say that. <laughs> well, we uh, we can't say it out here. Thankfully, my part of Saskatchewan was spared that uh, that once in a decade blizzard that southeastern Saskatchewan and southern Manitoba got. And even that wasn't as bad as what they were expecting, but yeah, at least we didn't get any snow here, but it's still struggling to warm up. I mean, we had, I really, I think, I guess I would call this five months of winter now because it's got cold in uh, early part of November and well, it's still cold. So. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I mean, living out here in the Okanagan in BC here, I have a different definition of cold. Um <laughs> when when you say it gets cold that means it got really cold <laughs> when i say it got cold that just means that you know i don't wear shorts anymore <laughs> yeah well that's that, that's true yes so. yeah so i mean we actually april has been unusually cold for uh this part of the country as well um it's uh, last, last or this past week we had highs of only like uh, you know eight degrees, um, and that's pretty pretty chill for for this time of year for us. Um, we had it still got you know nights below zero, um, which which when I say below zero I mean minus one, um, <laughs> and. Um, so I mean, it's been it's been uh, a little bit colder than normal, but uh, you know, yesterday was beautiful. It was like twelve degrees, sunshine. I uh, went and insured our. We have we have a we have an older BMW, like it's uh, twenty one years old. It's uh, um, picked it up last year for a really good price, and uh, and I went and insured it yesterday and washed it and and. Uh, for the first time and, and uh yeah it was a good day oh that's awesome yeah <clears throat> well i mean i've uncovered my classic car but i still haven't driving driven it yet i always wait till they do the first street sweeping before i drive it so it might be a few weeks yet so. yeah yeah well it is saskatchewan <laughs> yeah <it's> <laughs> <laughs> yes that is true so. <laughs> I mean, winter isn't officially done until June. So. Well, the uh, May long weekend is kind of the official kickoff to summer, so we've got a month yet. <laughs> well, see, I remember when we lived in Edmonton, um, For and for listeners who don't know, uh, Tony and I, we met in Edmonton. Uh, we met at a, a uh, Edmonton Eskimos football game, um, and we met, uh, God, what was it now? It's like 20... Uh, 1998, 20, 24 years. 24 years, 24 years ago now. Yeah, yeah we we sat in the same, we had season tickets um, at opposite ends of, uh, I think you were the row in front of me and uh, at the opposite end. And um, 
and we uh, we met because I was a BC Lions fan, having grown up in BC, and the Lions were in town, and and uh, we were yelling at each other. <laughs> <laughs> And so, um, yeah, I mean, when we lived in Edmonton, I don't know how many, how many uh, me-long weekends we we got snow. I mean, it's, uh, you just could not pay me enough to live in another province in this country just because of the weather. <laughs> well, fair enough, fair enough. So. Yeah. <clears throat> Excuse me. All right, Canada. Well, we have got one heck of a show for you today. Yes, I know the House of Commons wasn't sitting, but, well, politics keeps on moving. So, on the show today, madness in the military, Trudeau's truck tax, inflationary interest rate increases, the leadership list lightens, and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well... Oh, the one I really want to talk about. We're gonna let, let's let's hold off on the military until a little bit later in the show because that's the one I really want to talk about. Okay. Um, <laughs> let's uh, let's just talk about the conservative leadership race. Sure, that's a good place to start. So the deadline for leadership candidates is this coming Tuesday, April nineteenth. At that time, they've got to have their three hundred thousand dollar deposit completely paid. They've got to have. 500 signatures from Conservative Party members who were signed up before March. can't remember the date. Somebody was in the middle of March at any rate. And get all that submitted. So far, we only have three. That is Leslin Lewis, Pierre Polyev, and Jean Charest. Now, uh, Patrick Brown and Leona Alislev both have the right number of signatures, or the requisite 500, uh, but have yet to submit their full $300,000 deposits. Now, bear in mind that all 12 so far candidates have had to put in a $50,000 deposit just to declare they were candidates. So already, the Conservative Party of Canada has banked six hundred grand from just those deposits. Now, whoever else brought in an extra quarter million for their 300000 deposit, well, the Conservative Party is building up quite a campaign fund already. So, um, good for them. I don't know. Uh, I'm guessing Patrick Brown should have his money in by Tuesday. I'm guessing Leona Alislev will. Actually, I can't even guess that she'll get hers. But, I mean, other than that, there's really. Uh, I can't see the Joseph Burgos and Bobby Sings of the world getting uh, even the signatures, let alone the money. Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this leadership race so far is full of people I've never heard of. Um,. And I don't know why they think they even have a shot against Pierre Polyev. Um, I don't understand what anybody uh, is thinking right now. I mean, I'd be like, you know what? This is a waste of my time and uh, my fundraising efforts and everything. I mean, he's going to run away with it. I mean, have you seen the latest polling? Um, it was. It wasn't even a poll of conservatives. It was a poll of Canadians. Fifty-one percent of Canadians said they would vote for Pierre Polyev. Wow, I didn't see that one. Wow. Yeah, like that's not just conservatives. That's Canadians. Well, that, that that's great. That uh, that tells me Canadians are waking up. Really. Like that's that's a that's a huge number. 
I mean, I the, like the. I, I don't think I've ever. I think there's only one prime minister that has ever won an election, in, that I can remember. I mean, and, and I mean, I'm I'm not that old, but, um, I mean. I don't. I don't know if there's been a, a, a like a uh, an election in this country where the governing party had over fifty percent of the vote, except for wasn't it Brian Mulroney his first term? Brian Mulroney, nineteen eighty four, and it was fifty point zero six percent of the of the popular vote. I had to look, remember looking it up a while back. So yeah. I mean, it was uh, and it was a landslide. I mean, it was two hundred and twelve seats, I think, to. The Liberals forty something, and the NDP might have got about twenty. Like it was, it was a bloodbath. Yeah, like the Liberals were wiped, wiped off the map, right? And uh, and I just, uh, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that he'll get, you know, fifty one percent of the vote. Fifty one percent of Canadians might vote for him, but they might not vote for their local rep. Right, they might they might not vote for their local MP, um, but uh, but I mean that, those are huge numbers. I mean I don't think any leader has ha- has pulled those kind of numbers in in recent memory. Oh, definitely not. Like I think even with uh, Justin Trudeau in twenty fifteen, as popular as he was, there was no way that uh, that fifty one percent of Canadians were gung ho to vote for him. No, I think he was like 40 or 41 percent or something like that. And they got 30, 37 or 36 percent of the vote. So like his 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 approval rating was higher than what the party got. But uh, um, but yeah, I mean, but still, those are massive numbers. So, I mean, uh, I don't know why anybody is wasting their time right now. Well, especially um, like you said, the 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 Joe Who's of the of this race, like I would never have known the name Bobby Singh if he hadn't uh, put his name in the ring. So you got to ask why people like like Bobby Singh, like Joseph Burgo, like Mark Dalton, um, you know, the other eight no names are wasting fifty grand of their money, and like you say, wasting their efforts trying to fundraise and whatnot when they they should be able to see the writing on the wall. It's like, okay, you know what? There's no way I'm going to win. And I don't really buy the argument that, oh, I'll raise my own profile for perhaps a cabinet post. I uh, I really just think they're wasting their time. If I was Leona Alislev or, or even Patrick Brown, for that matter, or anybody who considers themselves to have somewhat of a profile, I think I would just throw in the towel. Pierre Polyev in Calgary was at... Uh, well, and you would know the, the venue, Spruce Meadows, just south of Calgary, yep. drew 5,000 people. And then um, another rally in Edmonton, just west of the city at Enoch, where there's a, a large casino, drew another 5,000 people. And this is just a guy who's running for leader. This isn't even an election campaign. So <laughs> unreal. And of course, because the Toronto Star is, well, you know, it's the Toronto Star, they, of course, had to look and say, oh, well, I mean, conservative audiences are, of course, far from diverse. And going on what you had touched on in our last show, that they wanted to try and paint it as a bunch of white faces in the crowd. But thankfully, social media saves us when people who are actually there decide to pull out that phone of theirs and, and look and say, oh, my gosh, there's young people there. There's old people there. It's, well, like the, like the Freedom Convoy. 
it was actually a representation of Canadians. Well, and see, this is the thing that really, really, really irritates me is that if it's not as diverse, uh, if it's not as diverse as, as, as they want it to be, then it's bad. And it's like, what, white people are bad? Apparently. Like, like go to hell. I mean, I'm tired of this BS narrative that white is bad. And it's like, just because white people like something doesn't make it bad. And, um, and besides, I mean, if anybody is claiming that these rallies are, are, are just a sea of white faces, you've never been, or you're not paying attention, or you're not looking at the pictures and videos online because conservative Conservative rallies, conservative, uh, the conservative party, it's very diverse. I mean, they, they've got lots of members of uh, South Asian, uh, they, from the Sikh community. They, there's native, you know, uh, uh, native Canadians. There's, um, I mean, Leslin Lewis is black. Uh, there's, there's, Lots of diversity, and uh, but they're trying to paint. They're trying to. They're trying to equate the cons- Canadian Conservatives with uh, the Trump Republicans, and they're not. I don't think they're going to succeed. I mean, they've been trying and trying for years. And uh, and I don't think they're going to succeed this time. I think people are finally seeing through their BS. I think people are finally realizing that whatever the media says has got to be uh, taken with a grain of salt because over the past you know two years, I mean, you and I have have seen the the bias for much much longer than that. But I think the general public has has seen over the past two years what. Um, that the media is just constantly pushing narratives that do not match reality. Yeah, that's right. And being with, with Pierre Polyev, of course, they're they're trying to paint him as a a Trump populist. And I can't remember which publication it was. I believe it was a Toronto Sun who who kind of leans more centrist. Anyway, um, said said essentially what you just said that. Uh, you know, you can't keep trying to pin that BS on Polyev because it's just not, it's not accurate and it's not working. And then especially when you see that he's not afraid to go and uh, do a rally at a mosque, at a Sikh temple, uh, and wherever he's uh, he's quite comfortable just being Canadian. And you're yeah. right. I think people are seeing that. Well, and I think people are going to be, you know, they're going to say, "Wait a minute." If Pierre Polyev is such a racist, how come he's married to an immigrant? That's right, yeah, a, a darker-skinned immigrant at that. She's from Venezuela, so uh, yeah. If, if I mean, I mean, he's got he's got this, you know, Venezuelan wife, children of mixed race, and and yet they're trying to make him appear to be a racist populist. It's like people are seeing through your crap now, CBC. I mean, and, and Toronto star and the globe and mail. I mean, nobody's buying your, your 
BS anymore. Yeah, absolutely right. And uh, this when you said that, I was actually reminded of Gavin McInnes, who uh, was one of the people who started the Proud Boys and then quickly distanced himself once they got a little more radicalized. But that was one of the things the media was trying to pin him on, that, oh, you're a racist, and uh, the fact that he was married to a Native American woman, they tried to claim just made him more racist because he was just trying to uh, internalize his hate. And I just thought, you guys have got to be kidding me. <laughs> oh, well, I mean, don't you remember a few a couple of years ago, back, I think it was before COVID, that they were trying to push this narrative that uh, white men that marry uh women of of a different race um are just uh fetishized him <laughs> oh yeah absolutely that that's got to be it i mean it's it's uh oh yeah i i don't know i mean i i, I don't even know what to say to people like that because i don't even think that way so it, when people come up with these with these narratives and with these, uh, um, arguments, <laughs> I'm always like, what? Like, <laughs> where did that come from? Because my mind, it doesn't even work that way. Well, yeah, exactly. So, it's, um, so, well, so good luck to any candidate, but Pierre Polyev coming up by, uh, I'm guessing there's only going to be those three when Tuesday comes around. I mean, unless Patrick Brown can, uh, get his fundraising together. I really think that it will be just those three and maybe Patrick Brown. So, Well, and I mean, Leona Alislev, I mean, she used to be a liberal. She crossed the floor. Um, I, don't, I don't know how, how conservative she actually is just because of that. Um, Jean Charest is an opportunist. I mean, we've talked about it before. I mean, he he'll just change his colors to suit whatever will get him elected. Um, and uh, and I I just I don't even understand how he's getting enough support and money to make it to the next round. Because I mean, when you poll conservatives, they uh, they overwhelmingly reject him. Yeah. So I. Uh... I'm not going to buy into the conspiracy theories quite yet that he's been planted there, but I, I, I have a hard time figuring out where his support is too. Yeah. I don't know where it is. I don't know where his support is because I, I don't know anybody, anybody, any conservative that I've talked to, I don't know anybody that even comes close to uh, supporting his candidacy. Yeah, exactly. So, all right, let's talk for a minute about, well, one of our favorite topics, Justin Trudeau. So um, not only has Justin Trudeau jetted across the country, crisscrossing, I believe, four times to end up at his snowboarding vacation in Whistler, for which I don't begrudge him. Everybody needs to get a break. I get that. But um, in, not only in one week has he already equaled the carbon footprint of the average Canadian for a whole year, he now wants to introduce a tax on trucks. Yeah, between one and four thousand dollars on pickup trucks. Yeah, and truck trucks have always been exempt from that tax because people like me need it for work. Yeah, exactly. And um, well, no coincidence in my mind, the Ford F one fifty, a full size half ton, has been the most popular selling vehicle in Canada for. 
50 plus years, um, I have one and that F-150 going forward would be subject to a $1,000 tax. Your uh, Chevy 350, a $4,000 tax. And to be fair, because on this show, we bring you both sides of the story. In the 2007 budget, Jim Flaherty and Stephen Harper did actually introduce what they called a, uh, a gas guzzler surcharge on some of the larger SUVs, which would have been the, at that time, the Chevy Tahoes and Ford Expeditions of the world. Well, Justin Trudeau, ever the man to say, hold my beer, has decided now that that will, that will also have to apply to such SUVs as, well, the, the Toyota Highlander, for example. So more of your, I guess what you'd call now, midsize SUVs. Oh, my God. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like, where does this end? I mean, my truck, like, I, I own three pickups for, for my business. And I own two one tons and a half ton. And, um, and my one ton that I drive is, uh, it's a 2021, um, it's got, you know, the Duramax diesel and, uh, it's got a handful of options, not, not a lot, trust me, not a lot of options, but a handful of options and it was $93,000. Ouch. I mean, that truck, if I got, if I got like uh, higher trim levels uh, is easily over a hundred thousand dollars. And, uh, but I've got a, you know, a fairly basic truck with a handful of options and the Duramax. I mean, the diesel option alone is $12,000, right? Um, so my truck was $93,000 and, uh, and every option that's on that truck is to help with, you know, towing and hauling. There's no creature comforts in there that, that aside from like air conditioning and, and, uh, um, tinted windows and, and, uh, and such. The only, the only option that it's really got that, that is for comfort is a sunroof. Um, other than that, like it's a pretty basic truck. And, uh, and I mean, and I tow with this thing every day. I'm towing, and I'm consistently towing um, between ten and twelve thousand pounds every day. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so those those things are needed in that truck to do that. And now they want to tack on another four thousand dollars. Yep, exactly. And because their rationale is well. Maybe we don't really need those vehicles, so we want to discourage people from buying them. And you know what? Fair enough. I probably did not need a full-size half-ton, but boy, did I ever appreciate the the slightly longer box from what the mid-size truck I had before I bought this when I went to help my mother-in-law move, for example, because, well, three trips as opposed to what would have been, well, probably four, if not more, in my, my smaller trucks. So there are practical rationales behind having some of these trucks but because the f-150 for example is the most popular vehicle in canada we'll look at all the revenue they could bring in off of that it's just a, a yet one more tax grab against already overtaxed canadians yeah this isn't a tax meant to discourage people from buying them not at all 
If it was, it would be ten thousand dollars. Good point. Yeah, I mean it's a it's a thousand dollars on an F one fifty. It's four thousand dollars on something that costs ninety three thousand dollars. I mean, it's it's enough to hurt. Like that extra four grand would make a difference of a hundred bucks a month uh, on my payments. Um, and in the grand scheme of things, that's not that's not going to discourage me from buying that truck because I need it to haul my equipment and, and, uh, and stuff like that. Right. Um, So, I mean, I need that 20,000 pound towing capacity. You, you would probably still gladly pay that thousand dollars to have the convenience of a full size half ton because I mean, let's, let's be real. You are, you're over six feet tall. You're, you're, you know, you want that room that the, that the full size truck has too. Yeah, absolutely. And, and I mean, cause I mean, I've been in that old Toyota that you had before. And I mean, how many times did I hit my head getting in that thing? <laughs> uh, I remember picking you up. Was it, uh, was it the airport in Edmonton when you tried to squeeze into the truck and you were swearing because you whacked the back of your head as you were trying to fall into the seat? <laughs> yeah. I mean, part of the problem with that, Part of the problem is, and I've, and I've since discovered this, and I mean, it's, it's kind of a little bit off topic, but part of the problem is, is that I'm not used to getting in on the passenger side. So it's, it's actually kind of awkward. I, I, getting in on a passenger side of a truck is actually really, it feels very awkward to me because I don't, I don't do it. So I was hitting my head every time I got into your truck. On a full-size truck, I wouldn't have done that. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I mean, and you're right about the tax part of it. Uh, I mean, my my truck was just over sixty grand. So, what's an extra thousand dollars? I I mean, that wouldn't discourage me one bit from from buying another one. Yeah. So, uh, so you're right. It's it's just a a tax grab. It's just meant to make that much more revenue for the government. And I, uh, there's got to be a point somewhere where Canadians just say enough. I mean, there's there's nothing that we can do in this country that isn't taxed, and it's getting effing ridiculous. Well. Okay, but how many times have we said that over the past six years? There's a point where Canadians have to say enough is enough. And they haven't said that yet. They said, yep, God damn it, I'm so mad, I'm going to vote liberal. Yep, exactly. I mean, that, 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 Justin Trudeau is so corrupt, he deserves another chance. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that that's true. So, um, yeah, I'm not thrilled about this. It's not law yet but you know it's coming because of course we have an ndp coalition government now oops don't call it a coalition well the ndp have never met a tax they don't like well exactly yeah so so i mean it'll pass i mean they're 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 not the, the, the the ndp are not in the habit of opposing taxes no exactly right so i mean yeah they got to pay for that dental care somehow yeah oh my god I've been talking to lots of people about that in the last uh, the last week or so, and it's it's like everybody. When I tell people that that surgeons in Canada are limited to one day a week of operating on on patients, most people didn't know that. Yeah, well, I didn't like, know that. So, and I'm like, yeah, I mean. All you have to do is is look it up, talk to a doctor, ask them. 
They'll tell you the same thing. Surgeons are limited to operating on patients one day a week. And if you think that the same restrictions are not going to be put on uh, on dentists, then you're dreaming. I mean, you're going to call up and you're going to say, hey, I need a filling, I've got a cavity, and they're going to say, we've already hit our quota this month. And next month is already booked solid for, for fillings. So you're going to be, you know, two or three months down the road. You want to see how you want to see Canadians starting to fly to Mexico to to get dental work done because they can't get it done in Canada. It's going to happen. Yeah, and actually, I, I I'm actually booked in for a cleaning here later this month, so I'm going to ask my dentist about that when I'm there, uh, just to see what his thoughts are. Because yeah, it's going to get rationed. That's the only option. Yeah, because, and we've touched on this on every single episode we've ever done, everything government touches gets worse. Yep, absolutely. There is nothing the government does well except waste our money. That's the only thing they do well is is waste our money. They, they don't do anything well. Not one thing. Name, I, I, in fact, I challenge our listeners... Send us a voice message on anchor.fm or send us an email, uh, anything, a Facebook post, whatever. You find something the government does well and send it to us and we'll mention it on air. Absolutely. I, I, I can't think of a single thing. Well, other than, like you say, other than waste our money. That's the only thing they're good at. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, actually, that'll be a good tie-in for interest rates. So now, to fight inflation, the Bank of Canada has decided to raise interest rates, which we knew would have to happen. And I'm going to remind you again, just to pump our own tires, we were warning Canadians two years ago that inflation was coming and it was going to be hyperinflation, and now we're into it. I mean, every month, the inflation rate is up another percentage, and... So now the Bank of Canada, instead of saying, don't worry, be happy, has finally said, oh, we need to increase interest rates because they were at almost zero. And now they've, well, they first raised a quarter point. Now they've doubled that. Interest rates are now at 1%, which I know still doesn't hurt that much, but it does make a difference. But they said they're prepared for four more interest rate hikes before the end of this year. So we could be looking at 3% interest by the end of the year. Well, that's a big jump. Yeah, well, I mean, and even even the three quarters of a percent that it's gone up so far um, is enough to uh, to ruin some people's financial situations. That's true. Yeah, because I mean, people who are already teetering on the edge mean uh, any little bit is going to push them farther over. Yeah, and I mean, and right now. Anything hurts. I mean, the, 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 the cost of goods and services has gone up. Um, I mean, just go to the grocery store and do your weekly shopping and tell me how much it's gone up. It, it's a lot more than that 8 or 9% that they're claiming that, um, our uh, inflation rate is at. Oh, for sure it is. Yeah, I mean, and I, uh, and I know that in Canada, they don't include the cost of energy or... Um, Housing. Housing, thank you, in uh, inflation rates. And I was absolutely furious listening to uh, 
one of the CBC talking heads last week on a podcast, and they're they're trying so hard to spin those into that numbers. They the one gentleman was like, "Well, I mean, inflation's here. You see it when you go to the gas pump. You see it in housing." And I said, "No, you don't." And uh, that was my turn to yell back at the radio because yeah. you know they uh, they want to try and cushion the government from from this as much as possible. But no, 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 no. If we included those two things, energy and housing, our our inflation rate would probably would be more than the states because housing's out of control. Yeah, I mean. What's the number one expense in your household every month? That's your mortgage. Yep, your mortgage. And that's not included. What's your number two expense every month? Yep, likely your vehicle because most of us are making payments. Yep, and what's your number three? Food. Food. And number four? I guess that'd be your utilities. Your energy. Yep. And, and out of those four items... Two of them are not included in the uh, in the calculations. Yeah, convenient, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it's ridiculous. The it's it's like it's like the unemployment rate. Oh, well, we've got the lowest unemployment rate we've had in decades right now. Yeah. Well, how come every single business is is desperately in need of of people if that's the case? Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, and actually to that point, when we had a staff meeting last week, there were, there our supervisors said, you know, we're looking for for positions in and labeled off a few different positions. If you know anybody, send them our way. That yeah. never happens. No, I mean, two years ago, even at the beginning of 2020, before COVID really took hold, um, I was batting people away. Like I, I was inundated with resumes every spring and, uh, and I would get resumes sent to me unsolicited applications all year long. And since COVID started, uh, I, I have spent thousands of dollars on help wanted ads and everything, and I can barely find it anybody to even apply when i hire them they don't show up for their first day of work i mean this year alone i've had three people not show up for their first day of work i've had one quit after two days um, because the job was too hard (laughs) um it's it's just it's unbelievable and i can't most of the people who've applied more than half of the people that have applied this year have duis oh my gosh i mean it's it's unbelievable I, I, and it's like, and and the number of people that have had players here is about seventy five percent lower than a normal pre COVID year. Wow! I mean, where are all the people that were looking for work before before COVID? Where are they? If our if our uh, unemployment rate is so low, that would suggest that most companies were able to fill their positions. And I know that that's not true. I know every single company I talk to, every single business owner I talk to, and I talk to a lot um, because I'm in that circle, uh, We, everybody is saying the same thing. Where are all the people that were looking for work before COVID? Where are they? So, I mean, how can our unemployment rate be so low when there's so many people who aren't working? 
Yeah, absolutely right. And it's uh, and we'll bat this one down right 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 now. It's not because you're not paying enough, and that's always the the excuse the left like to throw out. Oh, if you paid better money, you'd find employees. Well, you cranked your wage up, and you offered benefits, and you still can't find people. It doesn't matter if I offer minimum wage or if I offer 30 bucks an hour. I get the same people applying. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So, I mean, that argument is moot. And it's, uh, and you think because inflation is so obscene right now, and well, with interest rates going up, you know, that's just going to make any purchases cost more that you have to finance. People should be banging your door down looking for, for work. Yeah, but you know what it is? It's the government has trained people over the past two years to, you know, stay at home and make money off the government. It's That's what they've done. They've taught people that staying home and getting paid to stay home is, is, is okay. In fact, it's encouraged. And so now... You know, they've gone from being on CERB to, I don't know, being on EI or being on welfare, one of, one of those things, because it's certainly not, they're certainly not collecting paychecks now. Um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a really bad situation that we're in right now. And, uh, um, and, and with the NDP and the Liberals both supporting uh, Bill C-223, and I believe it's Bill S-233 in the Senate, um, calling for a national framework uh, to be built for a net universal basic income in this country, um, we're, we're, uh, we're screwed. Yep, that's a, that's a really, really good point. Now, um, let's wrap the show up with something else that's really screwed, and that is our Canadian Armed Forces. Now, um, you probably many of you probably heard my interview with James Top the other day. Um, so it's not the rank and file Canadian Armed Forces that we have a problem with. It is the leadership in the Canadian Armed Forces who have now decide decided sorry that they need to show or reflect a more inclusive culture in the military. So what steps are they taking to achieve that, Lewis? Oh, they're going to get this. They're going to allow face tattoos. They're going to allow uh, piercings. They're going to allow brightly colored dyed hair, fake nails and fake eyelashes. Um, makeup. Don't forget the makeup. makeup. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Permanent makeup is going to be allowed. Um yeah, no, I mean, it, it sounds like a, like a, um, a season of, of some supermodel TV show or something, because like, it doesn't sound like the military. It doesn't I mean it's, uh, you're right. It's some kind of fashion show I and mean, they've completely gone woke. I mean, we, I'd made a point on a show a few weeks few weeks ago or months ago maybe time time flies um but the u.s military going woke and wanting to talk about you know counseling gender transformation and it's like the canadian armed forces said hold my beer so now we can i mean they'd already said they would allow 
beards on people as long as they were trimmed. Now, they don't have to trim those beards anymore. They can have no. those big lumberjack beards or the big chop sideburns. No worries. Go ahead. Yeah, well, what I loved was the wording of it. Um, it was facial hair and sideburns of any style will be accepted on men or women. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was good. <laughs> what? I hate to break it to you, but only one gender can grow facial hair. Yeah, exactly. And uh like come on. This uh this uh, woke BS that's ruining everything. It's gonna ruin the military now. It's like you want someone with bright pink hair next to you when you're shooting at the Taliban? Oh yeah, no, I don't want to be next to the person that can be easily seen. Well, yeah, exactly. And um, I have a good friend who was, I have a few good friends actually who were, who are veterans. And the one friend of mine had said that they wanted you clean shaven. And this was back in the nineties when he served that because, well, A, if the, if the enemy gets in close, they can't grab a hold of your beard and pull you in. And B, if you have to put on a gas mask, well, they fit a heck of a lot better when you don't have a beard. Ask anybody exactly. in the oil patch. Exactly. And they're even saying that if you have a long beard, it is allowed to be braided. That's that's true, yes. <laughs> yeah, or or in a ponytail. Like what what the hell? Like how do you fit a gas mask over that? And and like and and before anybody says, Oh, how often do they have to wear a gas mask? They have to wear them a lot. Especially if you're in some foreign country and you shoot tear gas <laughs> yep. like you need to have a face mask that works I mean this is the most ridiculous thing the reason they don't let, allow ear piercings is because it can get caught on the gear yep and now but, you can have as many as you want yeah uh, the reason you're not supposed to have long fingernails is because try shooting a gun. You know? Yeah. Like, undo your pack and get out your uh, rain gear if it starts raining. Well, with big fake nails, good luck. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And, I mean, try putting on a pair of gloves when you've got big, long nails. Yeah, or, or trying to... Um, I mean, you, you reload... Reload a magazine and, and you know, do some tactical shooting with long, fake fingernails. And, and, and what's with the fake eyelashes, allowing fake eyelashes? What, what does that serve? I mean, if anything, like, that's a hindrance. I mean, you think getting your, in your line of sight. Yeah, well, and consider wearing a pair of goggles if you've got these big, long, fake eyelashes on. Yeah, yeah, they rub up against the glass on your goggles, and they and they smear whatever mascara or whatever it is on there, and yeah, okay, <laughs> whatever. Good luck seeing out of those things after a few minutes. Yeah, I mean, and I uh, again, I love the rank and file soldiers, but uh, I am now officially completely in favor of the Liberals' budgets one hundred million dollars to strengthen the leadership in the Canadian Armed Forces. Because 
whoever's in there now making these decisions. And by the way, they will decide on this by the end of this month if they're going to go ahead with it. Yeah. Um, they need to go and we need to get somebody in there who doesn't want to see Elvis on the out on the war front. Yeah, I don't I just don't understand what the hell is going on. It's it's ridiculous. I mean, it's uh I mean, to me it's wokeness gone mad. And maybe that's because I'm just this this middle-aged dude who's uh from a different generation, but but like you said, I don't want to be on the front lines next to that person with the pink ponytail and the big ass sideburns. No, I mean, I, I think about it. I mean, they're they're trying to 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 get more people applying to become part of the military because enrollment is down. It's down a lot. Well, if you guys paid them better, if you equipped them with with modern equipment if you uh gave them you know uh submarines if you gave them icebreakers if you gave them everything that we need in a country this size with modern equipment and modern um pay scales i mean because soldiers in this country are severely underpaid compared to other countries. Um, you would have more enrollment. Yeah, well, really what it comes down to is what you're saying is uh, give them some reason to feel like they're respected and that they're valued and that we actually want a military, and people will sign up. Yeah. I mean, look at, like, you can't really blame people for not wanting to go into the military when they know that when they're sent overseas for something that they're going to have the right uh, camouflage. I mean, remember when they went to, um, to Afghanistan. Afghanistan? They went to Afghanistan with green camo. Yeah. <laughs> and and uh and and they needed the the uh like the the earth tones they needed the browns and the and the and the beiges and they went with like green yeah that was actually pretty embarrassing i'm not gonna lie i mean they're still using the same handguns that they had the, uh during the second world war they're they're still using they, we don't have any uh any self-propelled uh uh, we don't have any. Um, we don't have a. We don't have an icebreaker. We don't have a supply ship for our navy. We don't have. Um, uh, we don't have submarines that that you know work. We don't. We don't have uh, planes made in the last you know thirty years. We don't. We're using Australia's you know leftover planes that they didn't want anymore but hey we'll take them um we uh we just are we have probably the most ill-equipped military of any first world nation but they could be the prettiest at the end of this month <laughs> <laughs> yeah i guess that all depends on your definition of pretty but yeah <laughs> yeah yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I'm really stunned to uh, to think that if this actually goes through, and like I say, we'll know in about two weeks, that uh, I can't see this being a a big boost to enrollment in the the armed forces just because. Hey, you can go in there with 
the big lumberjack beard and not yeah, have I'm to shave sure, it. I'm sure that's the reason why people were not enrolling. Yeah, exactly. Oh, what? You mean I'm gonna have to? I'm gonna have to trim my goatee? Yeah. No, no, I'm not joining the military. I want to have a pink goatee. Yeah. <laughs> until they allow pink goatees, I'm not joining the military. That's right. Yep. And uh, and I guess to be fair to the military, their face tattoo can't display any kind of offensive political slogan or other other kind of uh, you know hate group. Hate group. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, but that all depends on the definition of hate. Yeah, that's that's true too. So. Um, yeah, I really hope that this does not go through Canada, but again, I have no faith in this government, so it will, for sure. So Yeah, there won't even be any argument about it. There won't be any changes. It's just going to go through. Yeah, exactly. And it, well, and honestly, it's only going to be shows like ours and some other independent sources that will be talking about it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's going to be championed by the mainstream media. Oh, absolutely, because it's it's all about inclusivity. Yeah. No, I'd rather, you know, survivability. Yeah. Um, than inclusivity. Yeah, exactly. So. Uh, it's like it's like uh, you know having different uh, different physical standards for men and women to do the same job, and it's like, no, I you know I I don't want to be next to the. 160 pound female firefighter uh if i get injured inside a burning building because i'm not going to be able to get out yeah that's exactly right so yeah it's uh nothing against female firefighters there's lots of great female firefighters out there who meet the same physical standards as the male firefighters right and the same thing with the soldiers there's there are some you know female soldiers out there that are badasses who can who can meet the same physical requirements and those are the ones you want out there yep absolutely right so. yeah not the one that wants to have big long pretty fake nails and you know pink and purple hair and uh you know uh and fake eyelashes yeah exactly i mean hey if it's for a formal function that does not require you know or is not part of your military duties have at it not on the battlefield. Not on the battlefield, exactly. So um, yeah. we'll wrap it up there, Canada. Thank you so much for joining us. We've given you a lot to chew on for this week. So until next week, thanks again. It is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. Good night. Good night, Canada. Tony.